Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NEIS Member Voices, an NEIS podcast focusing on you, the thoughtful, hardworking individuals that make up the independent school community. I'm Scott Donaldson, NEIS Member Engagement Coordinator, and today I'll be speaking with Stacy Ruthier, Director of Marketing and Communications at the Renbrook School in West Hartford, Connecticut. Stacy, welcome to Member Voices. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for the time. Uh, I wondered if we could start out uh, with just a little background about uh, the Renbrook School. Uh, if you could tell us a little bit about the school's uh, history and uh, the student population, what your school looks like for those who aren't familiar. Well, Renbrook is a um, co-ed independent day school in West Hartford, as you mentioned. Um, we have approximately 360 students, and we uh, start in preschool, and we go all the way through grade nine. Um, we're located in a pretty um, populated area. There's a lot of um, other schools in the area. Uh, most of them are boarding, um, but we're one of the only uh, day schools serving um, these particular grades. Um, it's got a lot of history. We've um, had our 80th uh, anniversary last year of the school. And kind of an interesting um, history point, um, Frederick Rentschler, this was his summer home. He um, uh, developed the Wasp engine and was a co-founder of Pratt & Whitney, which is a big company here in Connecticut that you know makes planes and things like that. So there's a lot of history here in the school, um, and they they sold it and uh, it became a school. So we get to work in his home. That's pretty neat. Wow, I was looking on the website, uh, and yeah, just the campus looks absolutely beautiful. So. Uh, it seems like it's probably a, a good place to, an easy place to come to work every day and, and a beautiful campus for sure. It is. I remember being here a few times um, when I was in my other job. We were here for some, some fairs and I remember driving up the driveway and saying, oh my gosh, I would love to work here one day. It's so beautiful. And little did I know a few years later I would be here. Right. <laughs> uh, and could you tell us a little bit about what drew you to the role, how you uh, found yourself to uh, work at uh, Renbrook School? Sure, yeah. Um, well, I have um, a pretty heavy admissions background. Um, for the past 11 years, I've worked in a combination of higher ed and also private schools. Um, just sort of fell into that role, loved it, um, loved what I do in admissions. Um, and I also have a communications background. So um, in my last role, I wanted to expand on the communications part of my job. I was the um, associate director of admissions and assistant director of communications. So it was doing a little bit of it, but it wasn't my full-time focus, uh, communications and marketing. So when this uh, job became available, I said, wow, this is a perfect opportunity because I really think that marketing and admissions really do go hand in hand. So having that background of knowing what parents are looking for in a school, I interviewed plenty of them, interviewed students, I know what's important to them. That way I could use that background and knowledge to market the school and make sure that I'm getting those messages sent out. So it was a perfect opportunity, I thought, uh, to sort of blend the two. Sure. And I think that I had this later on um, in my list of questions, but you already touched on it. So uh, what, in your experience, are students and parents looking for at a school? Well, that's a really, really, really good question. Um, you know, I think <laughs> there's there's so many things, and you know, I, I kind of have to speak to both 
the student and also the parents when I'm thinking about marketing and communication messages, whether it be on social media or a digital ad that I'm creating. I want to make sure that it's um, colorful and fun to you know attract the, the child, have a nice, happy, smiling face. We also have a camp here, so I also do all the communication and marketing for that as well. So that's important to really attract to the student. But what it really comes down to is attracting the parents because they're the ones really making the decision saying, you know, this is the school you're going to next year, Johnny. Um, so I really want to make sure that I'm hitting the, the pain points sort of that I've learned over the years from what parents um, are, are looking for. They, they come to an interview and they say, well, gee, you know, my, my child isn't happy at his current school. He comes home not feeling fulfilled. He's bored, things like that. So I, I try to listen to those comments and say, okay, well, what would the answer to those be? Um, what's the end result um, that they're going to get after investing into an education? And I try to put that in the message and say, this is what you will get from coming to Rembrook. Because um, they know what their issues are. It's how are we going to fix them? So I try to focus on that. Have you noticed that uh, what the students are looking for or what the parents are looking for has change since you started in this line of work or, or changes maybe depending on either the area of the country that you're working on, working in, or the uh, uh, the kind of student population that you're working with? I, I think, unfortunately, you know, one of the things is, is bullying that comes up a lot. And I've seen that that has been a change in the past few years. Um, sadly, there's way too many parents saying, you know, my child's been bullied at their current school and I'm looking to get out of that. Um, you know, we have a no tolerance policy here at Renbrook, and um, that's something we spend a lot of time going over with the families, make sure they understand that that just does not happen here. So, um, you know, I think that's come up a lot lately, and it's, it's sad, but that is, you know, one thing that I feel is, has changed. But otherwise, I think, you know, generally parents want the small classes, individualized attention, um, you know, innovative things in the classroom, always changing, keeping up with technology. And, um, you know, that's definitely something we strive for here every day. Sure. That makes sense. Well, it, it seems like you're doing a, a pretty good job. You, uh, you are actually featured on the NEIS website, the 10 most overused words on websites, and you were not <laughs> featured for using one of the 10 most overused words. Uh, it was actually the opposite, using uh, the phrase, your child is known, speaking to the, your small class size in a way that is emotionally appealing to parents. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, the, it's you're absolutely right where there's, there's these messages in, in that blog where it was saying that there are messages out there that a lot of schools say, okay, we have small classes, um, you know, small student to faculty ratio, um, all that. But how do you differentiate yourself? That is something we struggle with. I'm sure everybody in marketing does. How do you make you stand out? Um, so I worked really closely with the current admissions office here and my knowledge uh, of admissions and really say, okay, well, small classes, what is another way to say that that's going to really touch at home? And I try to put myself in the seat at the dinner table of, hey, Johnny, how was your day? And, you know, what that conversation would look like and some of the words that may come into play that I could use. Um, you know, and just sort of taking it from the parent perspective and really thinking, well, what what would really appeal to them? What's going to touch them in, in their hearts that make them want to hit inquire or apply and say, wow, this school is really different. Are there any other uh, quote unquote marketing do's and don'ts or um, 
any other uh, things that you typically tend to uh, avoid or typically tend to employ uh, in your in your marketing strategies that you want to share with us? You don't have to share everything, obviously. <laughs> I give away all my secrets. Right, exactly. Uh, no, no. Um, you know, I, I think that um, when I came into this role, um, we had a new head of school that was starting around the same time that I was. So one of the challenges that I had was sort of saying, okay, well, how learning how Rembrook was perceived uh, out in the community already, and then listening to the head's message and saying, well, how does he want to portray his vision of the school and the mission? Um, so that was sort of like a blank slate to go in and sort of start from scratch. And my predecessor, excuse me, left abruptly. So when I started, I had no guidance, no, nothing really, but some files to look through. Um, I don't have a staff to lean on. So it was just sort of me figuring out, um, you know, what the school is like. So one of the things I did learn is that Rembrandt used to use more of a traditional marketing uh, approach using print ads and things like that. Um, but we were seeing a drop off. Um, so our current approach, I really think targets our um, parent demographic that we're looking for. Um, and I try to do things like, for example, streamline, streamlining our message. So when I got here, we had multiple Instagram accounts, for example. We had uh, Rembrandt History, we had Rembrandt Art, we had this and that. And I said, we need to streamline this into one because it's just way confusing to have too many areas uh, for consistency of message, you know. Um, also, in my digital ads and things that I'm creating, I try to keep the message consistent again. Like um, we have a current um, sort of slogan, if you will, preparation, leadership, joy. I try to use that in, in all the ads or at least um, highlight one of them, you know, a picture of a smiling boy with the word joy uh, next to it. It's sort of a uh, reactionary, again, what the parents want to get accomplished at the end of their purchase of a of an education. I want my child to feel joy. Um, a communications committee is something that I started because I'm an office of one. I thought it was really important to get other people to lean on. Um, honestly, I, I really just gathered some people who are interested in helping out with feeding some of the social media channels. I taught them how to post what's appropriate, what's not, what are hashtags. You know, some people didn't know about that. And that really helped me out a lot. So I have select people helping me feed some of my um, social media, taking photos, um, event coverage. There's so many things going on at the school that I can't be everywhere at the same time. So I have people armed with some really nice cameras and, and sharing them. Um, and I make sure I look at them all before we go public with them. Um, my ads, I'm trending away from print media, like I mentioned, and using more targeted online marketing. Um, I'm currently using the Google Ad Exchange. So I'm getting digital ads going out to specific people, certain incomes, certain towns, certain interests. And that way I know I'm not just throwing caution to the wind because sometimes if you put an ad out, in a magazine, for example, you don't know if somebody just picks that up and throws it in the trash five minutes later or it sits at the dentist's office for six months and nobody actually opened it. Mm -hmm. So this way I know who I'm putting that ad in front of, what eyes are looking at it. And it's way more um, easier to track, obviously. Um, can't really tell how many eyeballs looked at the magazine, for example. So trending in that area um, definitely is 
this has all allowed me to pave such a new road with marketing at Renbrook and doing things that the school has never done before as far as marketing is concerned. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I especially liked the uh, communications committee, was it? Yeah, I think that's a great idea, especially as um, as you mentioned, as a, as a team of one. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more um, about that. Yeah, you know, when I applied for the job here, it was written as one job. And then when I came in, it ended up being something completely different. And like I said, not having anybody here to lean on and guide me through my first few months, it was scary. It certainly was scary. And knowing that um, coming from doing a little bit in marketing communications in my last role to being the director was certainly uh, quite a change. So mm-hmm. I had to sort of say, okay, well, right from the beginning, this is how I'm going to have to handle this role. And, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but I had to prioritize my work. I had to be hyper-focused all the time, multitasking. Um, I don't wander around the office too much. You won't see me socializing too, too much because I, I just can't. Um, I get distracted. Um, so I have to stick to my list. Uh, I write a lot of things down and cross them off, rewrite them. I'm, I'm a paper person that helps me. The one thing that I really had to get used to was not being afraid to say no. I'm a real big people pleaser and I want to help everybody. Oh, I'll make that flyer for you. Oh, I can help with the website. Oh, I can do this. But I had to really step back and say, well, I would rather work on some projects that I know will be the most effective, but also do them to the best of my ability. I'd rather not spread myself thin and maybe make some mistakes or not put in my full effort on something because I have too many things. So I have to be really strategic about saying, you know what, I really can't do that right now. I'm I'm happy to help with this aspect of it, but if you could do this, that would be great. Or leaning on my, um, you know, other people on our leadership committee and seeing if they can help with something or maybe assign it to someone else. I'm I'm always taking things on and saying, oh, I could do that. I could do that. And I need to just stop and, and sort of say, okay, no, I can accept help on this. I don't have to do it all by myself. I think, especially in this role in marketing and communications field, we're really hard on ourselves because it's a creative job. So we want to have our mark on it. We want it to be perfect because our name is on it. Um, somebody says, who made that? Oh, Stacey made that. It's got to be the way I, that I want it. But um, it's hard to sort of find that balance in this creative role because, again, you want to control it, but you also can't be superwoman or superman and do everything. Right. So that, that's a hard balance. <laughs> and uh, it does sound like you, you know, enjoy it and are passionate about it. I'm, I'm curious, you touched on this earlier that you, you said you sort of fell into um, this work. I'm wondering if you can um, elaborate on that a little bit, uh, how that happened and, uh, and, and why you... Uh, find that you like it so much? Well, you know, I I think I was just looking for the next challenge. Again, I think you could probably tell in my personality that I love a good challenge. Um, So I said, okay, well, you know, my my education is in communications and I wanted to use more of it. So I was looking for those opportunities Um, and I just embraced it. And it was darn, it was something new. I was, I'm telling you, I was so scared when I first started. I I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I actually got the job. All right. Uh, (laughs) You know, but sometimes when that happens, it just, you face it head on and you say, okay, well, this is how it's going to be. And this is, and one of the things that I I said to the head of school, I said, look, I'm not going to check off every box for you. 
I have more admissions background, which I think is key in this role, but I don't have as much marketing as I do admissions. And you have to be okay with that. I said, I just, there are going to be things that are going to be first for me here. And I said, as long as you are okay with that, I'm your girl. Because <laughs> I said, I will learn, I will figure it out um, and do whatever I can to make it, to make it work. And I think, um, one of my proudest moments is the fact that I've had multiple moments of first times, like first time I ever did a school magazine. Um, I launched a school app. They've never had a school app for that the parents use and they love it. That was a huge initiative. Um, so a, a lot of firsts for me that um, you know, I'm really proud of. And you can set your mind to do anything if you just put the effort in. Yeah, that's great. And uh, you said that you're relatively new. Um, you started in uh, 2015. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So it, is there something that, uh, that you're facing now, um, either in your role or something that um, your school is, is facing right now that you're involved in that you see as a, as a challenge or, or the next big thing that, that you're looking to tackle? I kind of feel that the, the challenge is kind of bringing the school up to speed in the 21st century as far as marketing is concerned. Um, again, like I mentioned, doing the, the digital ads and being more of an online presence, doing blogs and things like that. Um, and kind of explaining that to everyone who is involved in those decisions because they've done it one way for so long or maybe it's just a new technology for them and they don't know much about it. So it's the challenge for me has been sort of explaining, okay, this is what this means and this is what we're going to get out of it. And then understanding the value behind um, investing dollars into Google ads or search engine optimization or um, sending me to a class to learn about social media, um, things like that. I think that's been a challenge um, to sort of explain, no, this is where the world is going. I need to keep up with it. I need to be uh, doing professional development and things to stay on top of it. I mean, things are changing every day. There's always new um, things coming out that we need to be utilizing and to show them um, this is what we're going to get out of it if we just put a little effort in this area or well, we're going to win tenfold. Um, so that, that's that been a little bit of a struggle, I think, as a school, um, you know, speaking from my department. But, you know, I think with anybody, it's always change. It's change. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the, the new head of school, new person in marketing, um, things like that. There, there's a lot of change in every school, I think, um, runs into issues when new things are implemented and things are done differently than they're used to. Um, But you just have to show the results, show the results and say, this is why we're doing it. This is why I chose to do it this way and just be on top of showing results and and, um, analytics and things like that. I agree. I think that's very perceptive. Uh, And and this is backtracking a little bit, but could you talk about your um, administrative uh, team? Um, uh, beyond the the marketing department, uh, obviously the head of school you mentioned, uh, but how big is your team beyond that, and what what do the roles look like in your administrative structure? Yeah, um, we have a, a, a leadership team, um, and it consists of the head of the upper and lower school, um, our CFO, head of admissions, um, myself, head of development. Um, we meet on a regular basis, not every other week. And um, one thing I like about our group is that we really 
spent some time in the beginning to um, uh, learn about each other. Uh, because when you're in that sort of group, um, a tight leadership group, they're making sometimes some pretty big decisions about the school. It's important to know the personalities, who you're working with, how to handle conflict. Um, what's this person going to be like in a meeting? Um, you know, how do they handle being flustered? All that stuff is really, really important. And I think sometimes we forget about the personalities and we, and we need to, to learn how to work closely as a team um, by getting to know each other. So um, for example, next week, we're going to do a little retreat at our head of school's home. And that's going to be one of the parts that I'm bringing to the table. Um, I have also a master's degree in organizational psychology. So I'm bringing sort of a team building exercise to um, just make sure that we don't forget about that. Um, so I think we're a really tight-knit group. Um, we focus on really making sure that we're approachable. I think sometimes um, in some schools, there might be a leadership team or administrative team that is like, you know, people are afraid to speak up or make a complaint or bring up a concern. Um, and that's one of the things that I remember stressing early on when we got together. I said, we need to make sure that we are approachable, welcoming, um, door always open policy, things like that. So there's an open communication with the staff and, and faculty all the time. And I think that we definitely accomplished that. That's great. Uh, and I, I know that you've done some, um, you were talking about leading a, an exercise uh, in, in your retreat. And I know that you've done some, uh, public speaking in the past as well. Could you talk a little bit about that, what you've done and uh, what sort of topics you've covered? Yeah, um, I was actually um, uh, asked by uh, the university that I received that degree from at the University of Hartford uh, a couple years ago to speak at a women's leadership group. Um, and that was really about sort of um, how to socialize and deal with other people and different personalities. Um, uh, I talked a little bit about public speaking uh, and how important that is um, to, to the uh, students. That was really, really awesome. Um, I have a little bit of a background years ago in direct sales. So um, I think that helped me a little bit when I got into the admissions field, mm -hmm. uh, definitely. But it also helped with that public speaking, um, especially being in when I worked in admissions, you're the forefront of the school. You're the face of the school. So, you know, I was traveling at some points at different schools. Um, I was representing at the time the academy. It was a postgraduate year. So I had to make presentations and things like that. So I, um, I really think that that um, skill that I learned um, benefited me in my career, um, both in higher ed and independent schools. So, yeah, I, I think sometimes it's just... We have to remember to look at the personal side of things and, and the skills that we all have that we need to bring to the table and share with each other. Um, sort of, for example, um, also sharing what we do in our jobs and our role. So for me to learn what the director of development does in her day will only help me when I need to do something for her or create a flyer or something like that or help with the magazine where we would work very closely together. So it's really important to learn um, each other's roles. Um, and I remember speaking a little bit about that in that women's leadership um, talk that I did. Uh, uh, it's really important to not be on an island. Don't be a silo um, and work as a team. Um, and that's part of what that um, team building exercise I'm going to do next week is focusing on. Hmm. 
Well, very cool. Well, I'm sure it'll go well. I think that's great. Thank you for that. Are there um, certain areas uh, in your life, people, or um, it could be anything, uh, where you turn to for inspiration? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I'm not afraid to pick up the phone and call a fellow marketer at another school, as long as they're not our direct competitor. Mm -hmm. I don't think my boss would like that very much. But um, there are some uh, schools in the area that I've just called and said, hey, I'm new in the role here. I'd love to meet with you. I'd I'd love to just pick your brain a little bit and see how you run your day. Um, What sort of staff do you have? How do you handle this? How do you handle that? Um, And that has been really helpful to me. I'm not afraid to ask help uh, and ask for help and just say, you know, how do you do it? How do you handle this? Where do you go for that? Um, it's part of professional development. It's part of growing. And it also is creating contacts and networking. So if I do run into an issue or I need advice on a vendor, who to use for, for a photographer, for example, you know, I can just call up a fellow school and now we know each other. So that's been really, really helpful. So I go to other people in the field for inspiration. Um, also, <laughs> it sounds kind of silly, but I, I go on Pinterest a lot <laughs> um, when I'm home and I'm just sort of sitting on the couch. I will type in like, um, you know, social media marketing or best times to post on Facebook, um, how to do analytics for Twitter. Um, I'm just thinking of some examples that I would type in a search and you wouldn't believe the amount of um, infographics and little articles that I have saved that I've, I reference. Sometimes I'm like, hmm, I wonder if there's an easier way to do this. So I'll go on my board that I create um, called Career Know How. And Everything there is little tips and tricks, you know, how to, how to shoot better pictures. You know, that's one of the things I do here is I capture every event that happens. So I want to take better pictures. There's a Pinterest article on how to do it. Um, so I use that a lot and um, I'm constantly online as much as I can, just seeing what other places, um, how are they doing things? What's the latest and greatest in digital technology? Um, you know, what's the next Snapchat, (laughs) things like that. Um, You have to stay relevant and, you know, learn about it and then learn if it fits for your school. Because not every school is is going to do well with a Snapchat or even a Twitter feed, for example. Or, you know, finding out, do I have time in my week to fit that in? Um, And again, going back to how I prioritize things, I make it in my calendar. I have a social media half hour and every day at 4.30, I spend 30 minutes posting the social media and scheduling posts for the week, uh, making the most use of my time, working smarter, not harder. So um, those are some of my inspirations online and other people. (laughs) That's great. I like so many things in that answer. And I was going to ask uh, if you had a a quote unquote, you know, typical um, work day. Uh, you know, or, or schedule, you said that you block out time, um, at four 30 every day. Uh, are there other, you know, times that you block out or does each day seem to, to vary because, you know, you are a team of one and you have so many responsibilities? Yeah. Um, I think because I'm a team of one and I'm really, um, 
kind of the center spoke in the wheel of so many different departments. Like I do a lot of work with admissions, but I also work at the school store and helping them market some of their items or our learning specialists or, um, you know, the parent association is the big one. So every day I have different people sort of coming to me saying, I need this, I need that. Um, so I can't block off too much certain tasks, but the tasks that I know I don't want to lose track of, like social media, because you want to be consistent with that, mm-hmm. um, I have to block time for it. But I also have a weekly meeting with the head of the parent association um, for two reasons. One, if there's events going on, um, we're doing a big fundraiser event next month, a big party on campus. Um, so I'm working closely with her on that and doing invitations and things like that then other times of the year, she just kind of keeps me posted on, you know, what is going on. Uh, and that's good for me to know. So I know what to focus on, where I should go and take pictures, where, um, what area isn't that important, where, if, you know, I, I don't post on social media, it's okay, but this one definitely needs a press release written. Um, so I get that gauge from meeting with the head of the parent association. Um, I also meet weekly with the director of admissions. We talk about trends. She tells me where they are with their numbers, um, what kind of um, interviews they've had, what sort of conversations, has there been any trends in what the parents are saying. That's where I get a lot of my current information is from her. Um, You know, what are some of the struggles that your parents are coming to you with? Why are they applying to Rembrandt? What seems to be the news on the street about other schools in the area? and then also I meet weekly with the head of school, not only to share what I'm doing, um, which primarily most of the meeting is me saying, okay, this is what I'm working on, but it's good because I want him to understand all the different aspects that I'm working on so he knows how important um marketing is, especially in a small school like this, and being an office of one, that I have to split my time into different segments and um make sure that they all get even attention. So if I'm lacking in one area, I I could talk to him about that and say, well, you know, is it okay to have somebody help me with this? Or what do you think? Do you think this really needs my attention right now? So he kind of helps me in what I should keep on my plate and and what can kind of be held off a little bit. So I really lean on him for that a lot. That sort of leads me to uh, another question, which I've sort of noticed a reoccurring theme uh, throughout several of these conversations, which is just that, um, you know, in the independent school community, uh, we find that uh, individuals are just so, so passionate and as a result, just so busy and so involved and in so many different things and wearing so many different hats. And uh, several of the uh, folks that I've spoken with have um, emphasized, you know, how they enjoy just taking a moment away to unplug and to read and to meditate and um, do yoga or to take a deep breath and, um, you know, the importance of that in their life. Uh, is, is there um, something that you uh, do to sort of find that, that uh, balance or uh, Anne Klotz told me to use the word sequence to, to, to unwind a little bit um, or, or do you find that you need that? That's a great question. Um... I I work really hard when I'm here. I'm sure everybody will say that about their role. Um, there are some nights where I'm here till seven o'clock, but I know that when I go home, I leave work at work, um, and I work hard all day. 
and not distract myself and stick to the point and stay on point. So when I'm home, I'm home and I can enjoy my time and I'm literally not thinking about work. So the only way somebody would need to talk to me is if there's an emergency because everything else is all you know, said and done. Um, so that's something I strive for. And that is to me a way of relaxing to not, to not, um, blur those lines. I think it's really important to switch it off as soon as you walk for that front door of your house. Um, I'm also a certified hypnotherapist and I do energy work. So, um, I used to teach classes in stress management and things like that. Um, some, uh, my, my local town, and uh, I really know how important it is to control stress levels. So one of the things that I do when I'm here, sometimes I'll just walk to the restroom and just stay there for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it sounds silly, but what other place are you there and you're not at your desk? You're, you're, you know, you're just, you're sitting for a few minutes and it's quiet and I do a couple of deep breaths and then recompose and, and then, you know, come back. And I found that that really helps. I also, um, at the top of the hour, most of the time I, I do this, um, I try to get up away from my desk and do just some breathing, walk down the hall a little bit, just kind of remove myself from the office. And I just set an alarm on my computer. So at the top of the hour, it'll say, get up and walk around. And <laughs> that helps because um, sometimes if you're just in it for so long, I mean, that can just add to your stress right there. You find that your shoulders are all tight. And when you become aware of that in your body, you actually realize that, It'll, it'll like physically drop when you say, okay, I'm going to scan my body for any tension. And then when you do that, it'll actually drop and because you acknowledged it. Because a lot of times we don't even realize we're doing it. Um, so those are little sort of tips and tricks, you know, that I do. But um, I think it's important in any field to, to do those things. That's super important. Huh? I don't want to get burned out, you know. Great. No, I definitely know. Yeah, I, I can relate to some of that. Yeah, and that's a, that's that's a great answer. Yeah, I need to do more of some of that, getting away from my desk. So I'd like to uh, to end on this question, and uh, we may have already touched on it. We may not have. Uh, I, t- I typically try to uh, guess at people's answers, at least in my own mind, and I, I never end up guessing right. But if you had one more hour in your day, uh, what would you do with it? Mm. Great question. I definitely would say professional development. Um, I really wish that I had more time to just devote to that because everything is changing. Like I mentioned, so much to learn out there. There's so many new things. I have to stay on top of it all. And I honestly, I'm feeling um, like I'm struggling with that a little bit because I'm so busy. I don't really have a lot of time to just sort of puts around online and see what's going on in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to have another hour to just dedicate towards that and just say, I'm going to do nothing but learn for the next hour or go to a conference or whatever. I mean, I, I get to go, but not as often as I would like. Um, it's hard to, to leave and have nobody there to, to take over for you. I mean, I have a few people I lean on for certain things, but, um, I, I almost feel guilty <laughs> leaving for the day or taking time off sometimes. Um, but uh, that's definitely what I would use that hour for as professional development. Just more time to learn. Well, good answer. And, and that makes me even more grateful that you uh, took an hour out of your day today to uh, speak to me. So 
thank you very much for that. I want to thank everyone uh, also for, uh, for listening to this episode of NAIS Member Voices. Uh, again, thank uh, Stacy for taking the time to talk to me today and uh, let you all know that we've included some great resources uh, on some of the areas that we've discussed on our website. Uh, you can find them at neis.org backslash member voices. And also uh, be sure to keep an eye on that page for new podcast episodes. And uh, we will also um, uh, want to hear from you if you have any thoughts uh, questions, comments, stories that you want to share, uh, please feel free to send them along. You can email us at membership at neis.org. We would love to hear from you. Stacy, thanks so much again.